the other 19 managers together. So creating the right environment. So that's a coaching environment, um, player environment, team environment. There are a number of factors that go into this. First of all, it's got to be safe, where players you know, can come and have fun, um, forget about their problems, be it school, be it at home, just be it, be it anything. You know, football um, is a way to release their tension and their stress. Um, also, their behaviours. So, and yeah, player behaviours, coach behaviours, and parent behaviours. So, you you're never going to have the right environment if one of those is letting you down. So, if you've got parents that don't get what you're trying to achieve, you know they think it should be a certain way. Um, players lower down spectrum who aren't as good yet should not play matches and should only get or should only get five minutes at the end if you're winning that's not going to help set the right environment so you've all got to be on the same page if you've got coaches you know if if, if you in your philosophy or or when you talk with your club in meetings you say you're going to do one thing and you you, you, as soon as you get on a football pitch, you change because people do change. Some of the most calm, some of the calmest and passive people, when they get on a football pitch or on the side of a pitch, they change. We've all seen it. Jurgen Klopp admits it. Antonio Conte, Christ, no wonder he lost his hair. Um, so your behaviours go a long way to setting your environment. Again, going back to being calm, being open as a, as a coach, as a person to your players creates a lovely environment where, where players can thrive. Uh, it's sort of difficult with the players because players are different. You might get some who are attention seekers, you might get some who are quiet, you might get some with different learning difficulties, ADHD, autistic. Um, so there's different angles from it and funnily enough we will cover uh, in a later podcast how you deal with I hate the word disabilities and coaching disabilities basically you know not every disability is visible so you have to take that into account why a player will not you know abide by rules or, or rules as such where there might be an underlying lying reason for that so going a bit off schedule here when you sign players up to your team get the parents you should do it anyway fill out an emergency medical form and all this but also get your club to include on there if they have any conditions even if it's like the minutest little thing that might make you realise why that kid is not listening or understanding stuff. Yeah, they might have attention deficit. I mean, you just don't know. So anyway, that that will help you in the long run. Um, so behaviours, yeah, just to cover that, behaviours 
is important. Everybody needs to be on the same page and behave in the same manner. Respect when you're playing other teams, when there's a referee helping you out. If there was no referee, you wouldn't have a game. Um, another one is helpers or slash coaches. Yes, a lot of people are volunteers. If you're working in academies, obviously you will be working with other coaches who have been hired because they've basically showed their credentials or like a, a work ethic that fits the academy. Um, but you, I wouldn't say you all have to be on the same page because sometimes it is good to um, have differences, different opinions. You know, it, it's not all, always good for all of you. Well, Mourinho, Mourinho quite often says, I don't want yes men. I want people who are going to question me and have different values. But something that is vital when working with kids is obviously their demeanour and how they talk to people, how they act around kids. Are they swearing? You know, are they being really manly and, you know, dominant? You can't have that. You've got to have people that are, again, like yourself, calm know that it's about the child and can act in a certain way around a child again you can get them to go on courses um, they've got safeguarding of children um, child welfare some others even just 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 do your level one there are some online courses out there the FA are very good they have got some even for parents as well um, there's some psychology ones in there um, and then I move on to the parents a little bit yeah we spoke about it about it at the start of this the parents are pretty important you have one hour two hours a week with the children with the players they live with them so if you can influence the parents you will then influence your environment some parents don't want to open up to your ways it's been this way since the 80s that's how they think it should be so it's it's a bit of a bit of everything really you have to tread carefully um, but end of the day you are in charge you can set your your I hate the word rules but you can set your rules or guidelines or your belief and philosophy if they don't fit into that, then you can say you are well within your right to say you know you, you this is you are not abiding by what we want to do here, or you can just suggest maybe this isn't for you. You keep causing a bit of friction. You're looking for something else. Maybe this isn't for you here. Um, and going a bit more into the coaching side of it and the development of players, the environment you set. Yeah, we're talking about army coaches, that's what I call them. Army coaches who love the drills, love lines and stuff like that and telling people what to do. If you're looking for player ownership, which is me, what I do, you have to you have to facilitate that. You know, you have to ask questions and one of my downfalls until a, a few months ago my questions 
I used to have two options. So for example, I would ask a question. Um, when we have, when we have a smaller pitch, does it make it easier or harder? Yeah, and they obviously know that I'm probably going to choose harder. So a better way to ask that question, which I'm still slowly getting around to, would be, okay guys, you've just played on there for 10 minutes on that smaller pitch. What did that feel like? And then let them expand more, you know. Let them really work the answer. Um, or... Okay, you've just come from a big pitch to a small pitch, played on here for 10 minutes. How did that feel different to playing on the big pitch? Oh, well, it, it felt... It, it was a lot tighter. We had to think a lot quicker, blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah. Everything that you do as the coach is being watched, is being sometimes ridiculed by parents. So be careful. It's like a dog. If you get a puppy and you keep the puppy just on dog food all the time, never give it chicken, gravy, all this stuff, you go out one day and you're on a, you're on a walk, the dog's off the lead, there's a fisherman, he's got a lovely, lovely sausage and cheese sandwich sitting next to him. Hello, hello dog, how are you? He's giving it a stroke. You want a bit of my sandwich? Gives it a bit of that sandwich. That is it. That dog now knows about that <laughs> you know it's it's so hard now that's in, in ingrained in that dog's brain it's so hard to get it out so your actions and the way you talk kids pick up on it and remember it so so well so yeah there's just a few a few ideas for creating the right environment we will delve into some of those subjects, but also other subjects with, you know, to do with the environment in other podcasts. Um, for example, if you want to play really quick, fast-paced counter-attack football, how what do you do in your environment to set that? And that sort of thing. Are you looking for passers? Are you looking for dribblers? So... Again, keep listening. The podcasts are coming. Today's quote, you play how you train. So if you want intensity on a match day, you have to have intensity in your training.